Open up your mouth and give him the glory and the hallelujah that he deserves because he deserves it. And so, Father, our hallelujah belongs to you because you deserve all the glory. Because you are great and you are greatly to be praised. And there's no one like you. Jesus, we thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. We're looking forward to your soon return. And so, Father, your presence is here today. To heal, deliver, set free, and make whole. The anointing is here to remove every burden and destroy every yoke. And not one person will walk out of here today the same way that they came in. But Father, because Satan has been defeated and Jesus has been glorified, you'll get all the glory from this service today. We thank you for your grace that rests on us now. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Of course, we give God all the glory. But let's thank God for our worship arts department, our music department. We thank God for them. They work hard to put on presentations for us. I want you to love on at least two or three people today. Tell them happy resurrection and then you can be seated. While you're doing that, I want to welcome our online audience today. Certainly glad to have them. If you're watching in Overflow, we've got a few people over in Overflow today, so we want to welcome all of those that are in Overflow today. We just thank God uh, for you all coming out today and being a part of the resurrection service as we're here. We're here to celebrate our risen Savior. I've got three words for you today. He is alive. And the word tells us because he lives, we can live and we can move and we can have our being. Of course, we're presenting to you today the crossover and Good Friday represents him going to that cross and taking that beating and killing sin and taking care of our forgiveness for the rest of our lives as long as we remain in faith to that truth. And of course, today represents him getting up and crossing over and and then his resurrection life from there. But how many know after he rose from the grave, he didn't go straight to heaven? Scripture says that he hung around for a little while. And he was seen by at least five witnesses. And so my assignment today is to really talk about what he said in the moment before he actually left and what was said about him. And so I want us to reflect a little bit. I want us to look introspective today in terms of our lives and how we're living it today in light of the truth that you'll hear. If you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And I want to remind us of what uh, the Word says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. We know his final strategy to the church was that they would receive power. And after they received that power, they would be a witness unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the scripture says, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. But then he says something right after that in verse 9 that I want to pay attention to today. Acts chapter 1 verse 9 says, now when he had spoken these things from verse 8, while they watched, he was taken up. And so notice, after he got done speaking, 
and they obviously can physically see him, the scripture says that he was taken up. The Greek there for taken up means to raise up, it means to lift, but it also can mean he was raptured. And so right before their eyes, what I want you to pay attention to is that this was an event that they could actually see with their eyes. He spoke, and then he was taken up. Look at what it goes on to say. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. I believe these two men are angels. I personally believe it is the same two angels that showed up at the stone when the disciples, the ladies were looking for Jesus. Those angels asked them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I'm glad I don't serve a dead God, but I serve a risen Savior. And I believe that these are these same two angels. And notice what these angels say. They said, we also, or who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So I want you to look at the events around that. He was here and then he was gone. Scripture says a cloud received him. Said the same way that they saw him go up, he's coming back again. So, of course, we're here today to celebrate his resurrection. But, folks, how many of y'all know he's coming back again? Literally, what these angels are trying to get these men to focus on, not the fact that he's leaving, focus on the fact that he's coming back again. And, folks, we live in between that time right now from when he went up and when he's coming back again. The Bible is very clear on how it wants us to live in between that small sliver of time. I've got one truth today that I want to present to you, and that truth is this. Believers and unbelievers must be prepared and aware of his imminent return. We must be prepared and we must be aware because the same way that they saw him go up, he's coming back again. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, and let's just let the Word do the work today. I want to encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, to look on with a friend today. This will be some of the most important information you've ever heard in your life. And folks, today, I would never listen to a preacher. If a preacher's mouth is moving, I wouldn't believe anything that was coming out of his mouth unless I can see it for myself in the Word. We live in a day, folks, where you better know it for yourself. You can't trust what everyone tells you today. Matthew chapter 24, but we can trust what's written. Matthew 24 says, but of that day and of that hour, no one knows. So when you hear people saying he's coming next week, they're lying. Because the word told us us of that day and of that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but the Father only. But as the days of Noah were, pay attention to this, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, what were the days of Noah like? Look at verse 38. For as in the days before the flood, 
they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. So in other words, no one was paying attention. They were enjoying life the way that they always enjoyed life until the day that he entered into the ark. This is so important because it's preparing us for how his return will be. This is why today a minister's job is tough because Noah represents the fivefold ministry gifts. Noah had to preach one message to one group of people. Can you imagine that? For 90-something years. It's tough enough having a variety of messages to one group of people. Imagine one group, one message, the Lord, the earth is going to be destroyed by a flood. And they're all laughing at him, mocking him, teasing him. But he's got to get up and tell the people the truth every single day. And they laughed and they partied. And they ate and they drank and they had a good old time until Noah and his family went in the boat. Let's keep reading. Verse 39. They did not know until the flood came and it took them away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And I want you to see what he says here. Then two men will be in the field. One will be... The other will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other one left. Watch, therefore. The word watch means to keep awake, to pay attention, to be vigilant. He says, watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. This is something that you should know. Know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. So he's literally explaining to us in a parable how we're supposed to live the rest of our lives between verse 11 and when he returns. Now, All of us know we plead the blood around our house, right? We pray over our possessions. We pray over our children, right? But most of us keep something else in that house, too. Just in case they get past the blood, the name, and the word. I mean, most of us have Smith, Wesson, all kind of other names waiting on them, right? Well, what he's saying here, if you knew someone was coming to break into your house tonight, you wouldn't be sitting in there watching Scandal. You would be alert. You would be paying attention, right? Because your assignment, as mine is, is to protect your wife and your children or your home. This is how he's telling us to live, not in fear, but paying attention as if a thief is coming tonight. See, so what he's saying is he could come at any time, but he, he is going to come when no one's expecting it. That's what makes him God. That's why we have to stay ready. Let's keep reading. Look what he goes on to say here. You would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. Now, he uses a ratio or some percentages here, if you'll notice, 
50% is what he uses here, right? One woman, one state. One man, one state. 50%. Pay attention to that. 50%. Okay, let's keep reading. Go with me to Matthew chapter 25. And let's begin reading at verse 1. Matthew chapter 25. Next chapter over. Let's begin reading at verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. How many? Who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. 50%. So the scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So what God is trying to establish today is what this return will look like. And I'll continue to read so you can see it very clearly. Okay? And this is true for the worldwide church, what we're getting ready to read. Let's keep reading. What's the percentage? 50%. One woman, one state. Right? One man, one state. Ten virgins, five of them are wise, five of them are what? Foolish. Right? 50%. Pay attention. Let's keep reading. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps. They took no oil with them. Oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is the seal that God is able to recognize those that are his own? Stay with me. So they took their lamps, but they had no oil with them. But the wise took their oil, pay attention, in their vessels with their lamps. So now, one commentary as I read this said the foolish literally thought they had a relationship with God, but didn't realize that they didn't. The wise actually had a relationship with God. So let's keep reading in the scripture of Baris out. Okay. So but while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered. All ten of them slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. All ten of them are asleep. All ten of them are slumbering. Watch this. Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give me some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Now, how many of y'all know, I can't live your life for you no more than you can live your life for me? We all will have to stand before God and give an account for our own lives and not for the lives of anyone else. So if you'll notice, they thought they had oil, but what they didn't realize was that it leaked out. How many of we all need to look at our lives and make sure that we're not leaking out? How do we know when we're beginning to leak out? We start going back and doing the stuff we used to do. We start going and hanging out with the people we used to hang out with. 
We can go in places now and it doesn't bother us anymore. We can do things that we know are wrong, but it no longer. How many know you're leaking when you're doing things that you know are not right and you do them anyway? And if I was in a saved, sanctified church filled with the Holy Ghost, I'd get at least three people to encourage me today. That's real good right there, Pastor. That's real good. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are they're leaking out. But the wise answered and said, no, lest there not be enough for us and you. Watch this. But rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And this is the lie that the enemy tricks everyone with. You've got time. Go ahead and enjoy yourself while you're young. Because when you get older, then you can come to God. And it's a trick of the devil. I'm just going to stay in this situation a little while longer. I know it's not right because I have time. And it's a trick of the devil. Notice what the word goes on to say. And while they went to buy, because they thought they had time, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. Watch this, just like in the days of Noah, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other five virgins came also. Look, look at what they said. Lord, Lord. So clearly, they thought they had a relationship with him. They said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. I want to break all of this down here in a moment today. See, because we've got to be ready for the crossover. See, if he came tonight, would you cross over? Which one would you be, left? We all need to think about this. So he said, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Three points from this text. All of these notes are in the YouVersion uh, Bible app. If you want to follow along, go to the event section, linked up church. All of the notes are right there. Follow along. Three points from this text. To help you locate how ready you are for the crossover. Number one, what differentiates the foolish from the wise is the failure of the foolish to recognize that the coming of the Lord would come at an unexpected time. How I many of you don't want to get caught slipping at the wrong time? You see yourself leaking, it's time to close the gaps up. Number two, Christ indicates here that a large portion, 50%, of the church will be unprepared at the time of his return. That's what he told us. He makes it clear 
that he will not wait for all the people to go and get prepared. He's talking about the worldwide church here. But how many know we represent the worldwide church? So if this percentage is true, then 50% of the people in this room, if he was to come right now, 50% would be gone. 50% would remain. This is why you've got to live your own life. I mean, I love my wife, but I'm not responsible for her personal relationship with God. No more than she's responsible for my personal relationship with God. And the reality is, we know the people in our lives as much as they let us know. I mean, oh, this day is going to show who everybody is. And it's quite possible that a husband will go up and a wife will stay. Or a wife will go up. Or a husband will, yeah, that's right, or a, which one did I say first? <laughs> husband will go up and a wife will stay. Or a wife will go up and a husband will stay. At the end of the day, take care of you. And pray for everybody else. Let me try this side of the room. So many times we get so racked up by what other people are doing. And in reality, all you can do is pray for them. Listen to me, including your spouse, your children, but you can't let them cause you to lose your salvation. Come on, somebody. If she cheats, that makes no sense for me to go out and destroy my future over something she did. Now, of course, she would never do that, but I think you understand my point. Live your life and live for an audience of one and pray for everybody else. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen in here. The reality is I can't lose an ounce of sleep over my wife or my children. If God can't keep them, they can't be kept. I've got enough on my plate keeping my life right. Somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? 50% of the church, worldwide church, thinks they know God, but don't have a relationship with him. So what are they doing then? They're just going to church. See, they thought, Lord, Lord. Clearly, they think they know him. But he said, I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. 50%. My hallelujah belongs to you. Yeah, Lord. Can we just give God three good hallelujahs in this place? Point number three, it should be noted that all virgins, faithful and unfaithful. See, what you have are faithful believers and unfaithful believers. I mean, I can be married, but I could be a faithful husband, still married, or I could be an unfaithful husband. That one married person, that's two different individuals. So I could be in church. I can be faithful in church, and I can be unfaithful in church. 
So they were all taken by surprise, the faithful and the unfaithful, at the bridegroom's coming. Coming. This suggests that the parable of the ten virgins, listen to this, applies to believers and those who think they're believers. We've got to get past thinking I'm a believer and knowing I'm a believer. Go with me to Mark chapter 13. You all getting anything out of this today? How many of y'all glad you came today? Somebody's got to deliver these kind of messages, folks. Church has become a feel-good facility. We go places today, and they, they will not use the word sin in the sanctuary. They will not use the word hell in the sanctuary. Listen, in this sanctuary, sin will send you to hell. I said them both. But I got good news for you. God's grace is greater than any sin you'll ever face. Mark chapter 13. But of that day, verse 32, and of that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, not even Jesus, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. Another parable. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house, gave authority to his servants and to each his work. And he commanded the doorkeeper or the gatekeeper, which we believe is the fivefold ministry gifts. Folks, their job is not to entertain you, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their job is not to entertain you. Their job is to tell you the truth. And he tells them to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. It could be in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't get caught sleeping. Look at a neighbor on the other side and tell him, if you stay ready... You won't have to get ready. Now say this to yourself. I'm ready. Now give God glory for being ready. That, one, that just felt good saying that. That sent something good on that. Say it to yourself. If I stay ready, I won't have to get ready. I'm ready. Then he said, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch, which means to be alert, be vigilant, pay attention. A couple of things he said up to this point, pay attention when you start leaking out, right? And don't get caught sleeping. I mean, life happens to all of us. And you got to pay attention. You know you better than anybody else. When you stop praying and you stop loving God the way you used to, you are leaking. It starts when you stop praying. Then you stop coming to church. Then we don't see you. You're leaking. Luke chapter 12. 
Luke chapter 12. Are you there? Verse 35 and 36 says, let your waist be girded, simply means stay dressed and ready, had a proper attitude towards truth, and your lamps burning. Keep your spirit lit at all times. What keeps your spirit lit is prayer. I mean, every day you get up, you light your candle when you spend time in the presence of God. And it sets the direction and tone for your day. And it'll keep you on fire for God. You remember what he said in the book of Revelations? I wish that you were either hot or cold. He said, but because you're lukewarm, what did he say? God wants you on fire all the time. He wants you to love him more than anything else. He wants you to seek him before you seek anything else. Because like any good parent, the father is telling you, if you'll keep me first, I'll add all the stuff on to you that you've been seeking in the first place. Isn't that a wonderful exchange where you can stop chasing stuff, chase God, and then the stuff starts chasing you? Isn't that wonderful right there? That's the way this works. Said, and you yourselves be like men who wait for the master. They will return from the wedding that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Now, how many of y'all have teenagers in the home? You ever knocked on their door, called their name? First thing you heard was shuffling. <laughs> Taking them a minute to get to the door. I mean, you know, something going on behind that door. Anybody else in here raising teenagers? Right? They don't move quick enough. Something going wrong. You called them five minutes ago. They still haven't come down yet. I mean, you're getting ready to go up there and see, hey, I called you about five minutes. You see what kind of people Jesus is looking for? Soon as he knocks, hey, Jesus, come on in. See, if you got to go clean stuff up, If you got to go tell her, go get your stuff, get out of here. Jesus is at the door. <laughs> or you got to tell him, go get, get out of here. You getting out of this house. Jesus is at the door. I mean, you know, it's too late. Jesus, knock on your car. You got to change all the stations, take stuff out. <laughs> Wait a minute, Jesus. I'll let you in in a minute. Wait a minute. Let me, this side don't live. They don't know nothing about what I'm, anybody over here know what I'm talking about? Come on, we want to be ready. So when he knocks, come on in, Jesus. Now, hold on, wait a minute. Let me work some things out here for a minute. Let me get it ready for you because remember, if you stay ready, so I want you to understand that parable. Anytime you got to go get ready, you're too late. Light is in my eye. I can't really see how people are responding out there. If you're receiving it, just wave to me and say, amen, glory to God. Say, that's good right there, Pastor. Say, Pastor, don't be afraid. Don't even look at our faces. Just keep telling us the truth. I will. Thank you for that encouragement today. Thank you. I, I needed that because it was getting rough up here today. 
I just want you to remember that. I, I pray that stays with you for the rest of your life. Anytime you got to go get ready, you're not ready. So whatever it is you need to go get ready from, you need to think about whether or not that still needs to be in my life. I'm going to read one more, and then I'm going to come on down the home stretch. It's 12, 18. I know you all got food cooking. <laughs> it's good stuff right here, though. I thank God I go to a church that's just to tell people the truth. I mean, every week can't be candy. Every week can't be you win. You do win. But you got to learn how to live between verse 11 and right now. Because we're not in overflow every week. Where are all these people come from? We can overflow both services. Where you been? I ain't seen you in a long time. Give me a hug after service. Sit me out there at the door. My man, boy, I ain't seen you. You see what I mean? You got to go get ready. You're not ready. Romans 13. read Romans and Philippians, and then we're going to come on down the home stretch, wrap it up. Romans 13, verse 8 says, Oh, no man, nothing except to love one another. Folks, in between Acts chapter 1, verse 11, and right now, one of the greatest gifts you could give to yourself is the gift of debt freedom. Simplify your life. Get out of the rat race. So that you can enjoy life. Say, so, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. I'm believing God for a church that when a husband and wife gets married, they never cheat on each other. Three people said amen to that. I'm believing God for a church. That when a man and a woman say, I do, and they, they, they sign that covenant before God and before the host of heavens, what it literally means is we'll be faithful to each other until death do us part. Amen. We'll either get caught up together or one of us lays it down first. But there'll be no cheating in this marriage. Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. So you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, it is all summed up in this saying, namely, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you won't do anything to hurt yourself, then don't do anything to hurt your neighbor. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, knowing the time, look what he says, that, it, that now it is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. What day? The day that the Lord will return. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and in drunkenness, 
not in lewdness and lust, not in strife, not in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. It's real simple, folks. If you give your flesh an opportunity, it will deceive you every time. People always say to me, Pastor Gregory, how did you not sleep with your wife before marriage? It was only one way. I didn't put myself in that situation. Here's the reality. Has she come over and stayed tonight? We're not going to do anything. We're just going to watch a little TV and eat some popcorn. We might have started off watching TV. We're going to end up somewhere else. Why? Because you've got to know you. You can't give provision to your flesh. Because I knew me, I decided to not uh, French kiss her prior to marriage. Because I knew if I started kissing like that, I probably couldn't return. It's a rough audience today. Somebody know what I'm talking about, though. And the word bears me out in James chapter 3. Word in James chapter 3 says, the tongue can no man tame. That's what it says, right? Didn't it go on to say, it controls the whole body. That's the Bible. Now, I know I twisted it a little bit. But but I think you all get my point, right? Somebody out here know what I'm talking about. I knew I couldn't do that because that was given provision to my flesh. The exact same thing that has kept me for 20 years from cheating on her. It's not that I don't see other pretty women. I don't put myself in that situation. See, and you've got to be clear up front. You can't even play around with that because people know when there's wiggle room. Because they'll locate you. You know how they locate you? How are you doing today? What are you doing this weekend? And my answer, you got to be quick right there because that's your window. See, the only reason somebody asks you what you're doing this weekend is to see if we can do something together. That light just hit me again. I can't really see out there. If I'm doing all right, would just five people encourage me a little bit today? Just, just five. Just encourage me. I'm all right. Just say stay right there for a minute. Okay. All right. I'm going to stay right there for a minute. All right, and so I want you to think about that for a minute. You got it right there. Right there is the moment that I say, I'm spending this weekend with my wife and my children. I'm really looking forward to quality time with my wife and my kids. Zoop! It's like, oh. But then you got a few that just want to see if you're just talking or not. Well, when you're done, what kind of plans do you have? The same plans I had. After that, whichever one, the wife or the kids, whichever one I wasn't with, I'm going to leave that situation and go spend time with the other. My wife will tell you in the gym, there are times I've told people in this order, in this order, I would do nothing to hurt God, my wife, or my children. And I need you to understand, you're not just disrespecting me. You're disrespecting my God. You're disrespecting my wife. And you're disrespecting my children. Your flesh will deceive you. It'll take you places you don't want to go. 
Come on. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You know you didn't want to be there. How'd you end up there? Your flesh took you there. It'll take you places you don't want to go. Listen to me. It'll make you stay longer than you want to stay. Watch this. And you'll always end up paying more than you want to pay. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. See, listen, that was right there, boy. They were louder at the Braves Stadium on Friday night. And listen, they're getting ready to leave that Braves stadium, and the Braves won't do anything. The Braves didn't hang on no cross. The Braves didn't get up from the cross. Come on, the grave, the Braves didn't secure eternity for them. Let me try that one more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. Come on, let's get the devil one more time. And again, I will say rejoice. Watch this. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Well, what is he referring to? He's coming back soon. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. And you won't have to if you have a prayer life. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Look at what happens. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet. There's a whole lot more that I could say, but I want you all to go through these notes, read them some more, because it all just continues to reiterate the same thing. But I want us to reflect for a moment before I close us out today. And I want you to just listen to these verses as I read them. Just begin to open up your heart towards God. Okay, if you're not standing and you're able to stand, I'd ask that you do so right now. Second Peter or Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 6. I want you to listen from your heart. Paul said, for I am ready. Being poured out as a drink offering. Paul said, I've lived my life and I left it all out there. Now I'm ready. The time of my departure is at hand. Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I finished my race and I kept the faith. Finally, there's a crown laid up for me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. What day? The day of his return. But he said, but not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. All of those who live in their lives from Acts chapter 1 verse 11 until he returns in a way that's looking forward to his return. Listen from your hearts. Titus chapter 2 says, for the grace of God, verse 11, that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So then according to this verse, we know Jesus is the one that brought salvation and appeared to all men. So then Jesus is the grace of God. 
So what does Jesus or the grace of God teach us? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You have to live your life in such a way where you discipline yourself to deny everything that you know does not come from God got to be smart about it because we're living in tough times we may physically see a war during our time with everything that's going on in North Korea everything that's going over in the Middle East what's happening with the United States folks this is not a time to be playing with God so let's lift our hands to the Father and I want you to just begin to reflect right now he said it was one woman grinding at the mill two were grinding at the mill one was taken up the other one was left which one were you were you the one that went up or were you the one that stayed said there were two men one one stayed sir I'm speaking to you today which one represents you the one that was taken up or the one that stayed scripture says that there were ten virgins Five were foolish, five were wise. Which one are you today? Are you ready? If he was to come back tonight, would you would you stay? The period that he's talking about for those that have to stay are the 1,000 years of tribulation that will be on the earth. Trust me, you don't want to be here during that time. But God is extending his grace to you today, his love and his mercy. He's not even upset about anything that you did. He forgave you before you ever did it. The only thing he's waiting on you to do is respond to him the right way. So while you're searching your heart today, would you just look up here for a minute? My prayer is that you'll take your life very seriously starting today. So I want you to look at me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, which one do you represent? You've never made him the Lord of your life by confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that God raised him from the grave. If you've never done that, I want to help you become, be a part of the family of God today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor Gregory, I've been slipping, I've been leaking, I've been sleeping, and that's caused me to get away from God. People can do that and still serve. Notice the, the two, they said, Lord, Lord. People can do that and still sing. They can still do a whole lot of things. Don't mean that they have a relationship with God. And that's going to be clear when this day comes. So if you're here today and you know that because of the leakage and the sleeping, it's caused you to get away from God and you want to come back to him today, he's waiting on you with open arms. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, Bible evidence, praying in other tongues, you want to learn more about that today. Man, that's a free gift available. All you've got to do is ask and receive. And then finally, if you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you to linked up church, as you can see, we're not interested in entertaining you. We're making, we're interested in making sure you hear the truth because I have to give an account to God for whether or not I told you the truth or not. He's going to ask me about your life based off of what I communicated to you. So if you believe this is the right place where you want to plant your life, You want to join this church? We've got a whole lot that we offer here with small groups, 
dream team man we got a growth track to get you on to help you transform your life I believe this is a good church and if you want to join and be a part of it we'll be happy to receive you so now while every head is bowed every eye is closed in prayer whether you're watching